welcome along to the second episode of the season of Championship Drill, our second season as we look back on all the weekend's action from the English Championship and uh, some great games this weekend, starting Friday night and um, wonderful, wonderful end to the weekend as well. The Coventry game that finished as we record this only probably about an hour or so ago, yeah. uh, great game as well. Yeah. So, yeah. you enjoyed the matches, Phil? Yeah, there were some really, really good ones that started off well on Friday night. Um, I was actually expecting it to be a cagey affair, but it was actually a really, really good game on West Brom and Bournemouth. Very, very good. Very good match. And I should say I'm joined by Phil this week uh, on Sunday. Jerry's away and uh, looking after uh, some family business, so he will be back with us next week for sure. Yeah. Um, so it's just the, the two of us you're stuck with for this show, but sure, we'll, we'll do our best to plow through anyway. So yeah, we might as well talk about that game earlier on. It's usually the first game of the season, you don't know what you're going to expect, especially when you have a team that just came down that are one of the favourites to go back up. And Bournemouth, out of the teams that didn't go up last season, are probably one of the favourites to go up as well. Yeah. So two uh, good teams for their first game of the season. Like you said, you think it would be cagey, but it really wasn't. Yeah, they went for it full on, and there was a lot of chances, a lot of great saves. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was great. Really very good, very. And it was and, nice. Um, it was nice as well to see Kenny starting for Bournemouth. It was. I mean, Bournemouth uh, missing a lot of senior players. Stanislas was out. Um, Lerma keep forgetting he suspended for six games for biting yeah. at the end of last season. Yeah. Uh, so he's missing. So the likes of Kilkenny came in. I think it's only his second ever start for Bournemouth. Yeah. The second ever match for them. I don't think he don't know if he even started the other one. Yeah. Um, unbelievable. He played really, really well. And from a, an Irish point of view, to have someone like Gavin Kilkenny come in and play that well for a team like Bournemouth was great. And he was, um, you see on Twitter, you know, the way the clubs put up for the fans to vote on who was your man of the match. Yeah. It was nice yeah. to see that uh, 60 something percent of the vote went to Kilkenny out of the like three or four choices, whatever it was. He was very so it was nice that the fans appreciated him as well. And uh, good overall, I suppose, this weekend to see fans back in the stadiums, different amounts at different stadiums. But great to see fans back and great to see, I think, uh, you know, referees being booed and shouted at us as games go on as well. So. And again, like we had the usual what we were on about last season, do we want fair or not? There was another controversial decision, which should have been a goal. Yeah. Uh, I didn't see anything wrong with it for West there, Brom. There was, there's been a few of those this weekend again. And yeah, it's it's should they have it? Shouldn't they have it? If yeah. it costs teams going up, it's 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 definitely something that's probably going to end up in the championship at some stage. Uh, it's just a question of when, really. Yeah, no, that was that was one of the worst decisions I've seen in a while. There was not one foul there; the ball just came across it. Was it Robinson? Yeah. Just it in. There was not. There, there was, was nothing. nothing. Yeah, I think we, we were chatting during the game, watching it, and yeah, I think we both were like, "What was that disallowed for?" because it really didn't look like there was much of anything, especially when referees are being told this season that tiny bits of contact are not meant to be given as free kicks. That's it, yeah. So it was a strange one. Game itself, though, Marcondes, who we talked about on Friday, surprised Brentford let him go. Yeah. Great start for him, opener in his debut. Lovely, lovely move. Uh, O'Shea, uh, level for West Brom. Pretty poor marking. Yeah. A great header yeah. nonetheless. O'Shea, uh, Billing, who had a chance earlier on when it was on his right foot and he tried to square it for some reason and made a mess of the pass. Yeah. He was afraid to shoot in his right. 
uh, this time it was square to him. Really, really wonderful, uh, wonderful play down the down the wing to cut it back to him. And it was on his right foot, and he smashed it home with his right foot. Decided he would hit it with his right foot this time. And uh, yeah, a good move then. Saw Moa pick Robinson out to make it two-two. Another wonderful pass and finish. There was a lot of them this weekend. And they said both teams, you'd expect them to be up there, pushing for promotion, going over with a lot of senior players for injury or suspension. And uh, yeah, you know, it was, it was a good game to start the season. And yeah. two teams that um, I think they'll both be happy enough with how they played. Yeah, I think you were saying it even after the match that the both managers should be happy with a point because it was quite key, very fair, I think. I think a draw was... A, like I was saying beforehand the other day that it might be a draw... But I wanted yeah. West Brom, but I wanted West Brom to win, so yeah, it was sort of like yeah. I think it was a case of two teams who they get their point, but more than that, for both managers, both teams played well, and yeah. it was one of those if they were playing most other teams in the division, they would have they, won those games. They won the game, yeah, yeah, exactly. So they're going to be happy that way. Yeah, uh, we yeah. talked a bit on uh, Friday about. Kind of a slight worry about Blackburn overs because uh, obviously Armstrong looks like he's on the way out the door. They haven't really brought in anybody. In fact, I don't think they've brought in anybody at all. Yeah. But uh, they have a good manager. Yet. They have a settled enough team. And um, yeah, I mean, they looked decent yesterday against Swansea, ultimately 1 2 1. Swansea under the new manager, uh, Russell Martin, obviously, he wants them to play out from the back. Yeah. as is the way with modern football. Swansea are not really used to doing that yet. No. And yesterday no. cost them a lot. I mean, yeah. they got caught in possession a lot at the back yesterday. Yeah. And yeah. I suppose the main one was when the goalkeeper kind of miscontrolled it. And the uh, that was bend on goal for Swansea. Kind of miscontrolled it a bit. And Dolan, who was very, very good, very direct with his running again yesterday, yeah. got to the ball and, you know, terrible tackle. Gives away a penalty. Uh, Breherton, who's who's back again, made it uh, made it two nil because earlier than that Sam Gallagher had scored. Make a one nil. Uh, Swansea got one back through Peterson with a debut goal. They missed a number of good chances to equalise. Obviously, they're missing Ayu Kaminsky. Made a few decent saves. Uh, one from Cullen, which in particular was a good save. Blackburn missed a few chances. Uh, was it just a case of Swansea need to get used to the new style, the new manager, well, and adapt a bit? It was a weird one because after the, match, the manager said uh, they were a better team, but Blackburn had like twenty four chances. I don't know. I don't know what. I don't know what he saw. To be honest with you, because yeah. uh, there was a spell for about twenty minutes, all right, where they were kind of uh, on top a little bit, and I, they could have equalised uh, one or two chances. But overall, like, I think Blackburn deserved a win. But if you think about it, Blackburn had twenty one chances. And yeah. they, only, they only scored really one goal from out of, from open play. They had to get a penalty for the set for the sort of second goal. Yeah, and that could be an issue with Armstrong leaving. Yeah, is that they don't have that goal scorer. And Swansea without you don't seem to have that goal scorer at the minute either. Yeah. So it's it's a case of something. Both teams with the transfer window still open. Maybe something both teams need to think about. I'm sure once Blackburn sell Armstrong, they're going to bring somebody else in. Oh yeah. That money. Yeah. And um, likely Swansea are going to have to do the same because they have to replace IU. You can't take that IU, leave your team and not replace them and yeah. expect to, to still be as good as you were last season. Yeah. The best thing uh, yeah. is a loan deal, I think, because it does just no yeah. money there. No, no money there. Like I said, and maybe if they can bring in someone on loan, 
Russell Martin, though, a good manager, and I'm sure he'll get them going, but it might take them a few weeks to adapt to his style a bit. Yeah. And uh, you worry, especially when you want to play out from the back, when you have a goalkeeper who's a bit nervy on the ball, because yeah. it's kind of important the goalkeeper can play with his feet if you want to do that. That happened as well, like, three or four times. Like, there was, as you said, there, yeah. they have caught a few times. They did, and it's, it's something other teams are going to look to do when they play them, I'm sure. So it'll be interesting to see next weekend what happens with Swansea. I suppose talk about Bretherton a little bit because he was kind of the story of the summer in some respects. Um, Bretherton, um, Diaz as he had at the back of his jersey yeah. yesterday. Uh, strange, strange story that he um, he ended up playing for Chile of all countries in the uh, Copa America in the summer after and scored a goal I think and won the games against Bolivia. Um, his mother is from Chile, but it was a strange one because it was around May time near the end of last season. It was somebody or a few different players, then championship manager, discovered that he was half Chilean. And there was this big kind of online petition to have him called up to the Chile side. And eventually he was called up to the Chile side. So uh, for this guy that like grew up in England, and in, you know, played in the English league all his life, suddenly he's a Chilean international. So uh, kind of a crazy story, but a fun story at the end of the day. And I love the fact that he added Diaz to the back of his jersey as well. So, Yeah, that was pretty cool. Ayrton Diaz, and uh, tucked his penalty away nice. He's, But that aside, and that story aside, he's an important player for them. Because he yeah. gets a lot of goals for them from midfield. Yeah, and last season he was injured a lot. So He was. He missed the first six months or something, and then he missed like three more months. Yeah. So hopefully... You know, and that's it. We move on so to Bristol City Blackpool 1-1 here. Good start for Blackpool. We talked how Bristol needed an addition or two before the season on Friday. And we also talked about how important it is to keep Odota fit and he lasted 10 minutes. Yeah, I think we cursed him. <laughs> yeah. I mean, he's such a talented player, yeah. but he's so injury prone. Yeah. 100%. And it was, it was just awful. 10 minutes into the new season, Odota's gone down injured again. And has to come off. And you hope it's not a long injury, and they're usually not with him, but he just seems to pick up so many of them. It's, yeah, it's, it's, yeah. I'm sure it's very frustrating for Bristol City and for their fans, and I'm sure it's really uh, frustrating for Callum as well. Yeah. But yeah. you have to say, Bristol absolutely dominated the game early on. Wyman should have scored. Casey Palmer, yeah. um, who had come on for Odota, should have scored. Uh, Andy King headed one wide. Rob Atkinson blasted one over the bar. And they were just, like you said, with Blackburn the last game, Bristol kind of similar, very wayward in their finishing. Yeah. A lot yeah. of chances, didn't hit the target a lot. Yeah, just Casey Palmer is kind of one that would drive me mad if I was a manager, the amount of chances <laughs> that he wastes. Yeah, yeah. If I was the amount of chances that he wastes. Is he the guy that missed that sitter at the start? Yeah, he missed after coming on early on for Odota. Yeah. yeah, it was a really, really bad miss about 10 or 15 minutes in. It was yeah, yeah. really, really poor. Like, it would just drive me insane if I was managing that. Yeah, and it, it, it's one of those where Martin had given them the lead in the first half. Nice goal. They were on top for most of the game, couldn't get the second goal. They had chances, yeah. they didn't take them. And we know from experience in this league, if you don't go 2 nil up, doesn't matter who you're playing, they're always likely to get a chance at some stage. Especially to that fair, that pool who are like 25 games unbeaten. Yeah, and last 10 minutes, they really turned it on. Yeah. 
and just went for it and went for it and went for it. And uh, Lavery, who was on his debut, nice goal for him, set up by Bowler, who was on as a sub. And I suppose Blackpool will feel the escape with a draw. Bristol not finishing the game off when they're dominating. And no doubt, I know he's going to be missing as well for a few games, at least, you'd imagine. Hopefully he won't be able to do that. Yeah, so it's, it's, yeah, I mean, I'm sure Blackpool will be delighted because you're going to be when you get that last-minute equaliser. But I'm sure, like you said, the Bristol manager will be tearing his hair out because he'll be wondering how they weren't 3 or 4 nil up at that stage. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, their, and their home form has been bad the last few seasons. And that's something yeah. they really yeah. need to turn around. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know how they're going to do it. They badly need someone who can put the ball back in the net. Like yeah, you'd say that about like 90% of the championship teams, but they really do. The good thing about Pearson is he seems to give these young lads a chance. So maybe 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 one of those youth players might come up and step up. Yeah, and that, that might be exactly what they need to get the crowd going because you know the crowd love the young fella coming through the system. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but for Blackpool, it was impressive the way they hung in there. Yeah. And that they went for it, they gave it a go, and you know, that was that was uh, that was really nice to see. They got what they deserved in the end because Bristol just couldn't finish them off. And uh, yeah, good start for them to get a point away from home against a team who were kind of in the top half last season. So yeah, give them a bit of confidence. Move on. So to Cardiff Barnsley, another one all draw. Uh, more or less a fair result in this one, I suppose. Yeah, Packing yeah, them the home yeah. side of lead, civic level for Barnsley. Uh, both teams had goals ruled out for offside. It looked like a dream start for Collins. Yeah, well, he yeah. was clearly offside. But the thing as well with the championship, we can't see the proper lines. Well, he no, went off, he, but like, you can't see. He, he looked off, but like you said, we're looking from a weird angle. Yeah. So you've got to give the linesman the benefit of the doubt. And that I one. actually thought Fancy's goal was onside. Yeah, yeah. Again, it's a hard one to see. So yes, both yeah. teams will feel, you know, we could have had one like that. Um Kuna was very good in this one. Woodrow was very, very good, as he was last season as well for Barnsley. Very good in this game. A very emotional day to our Cardiff as well. 17,000 fans in the stadium. Back for the first time in over a year. They had a big minute silence beforehand for uh, all the Cardiff fans who had died from COVID over the past year, which was kind of a nice touch for them to do when the fans were back in the stadium. Uh, you know, Cardiff will feel maybe being at home in front of the fans, they should have won it. But Cardiff haven't won an opening game or haven't uh, even drawn an opening game in the last four seasons. So, you know, a good omen for them to start off without losing because they usually lose their opening game of the season. Yeah. And, uh, I, I, you know, you know they kick on from here. It looks like it looks like they could. And Barnsley, again, we were wondering about them losing the manager, losing kind of their talisman midfield as well. You're kind of wondering how how things are going to go for them, but you know they they play pretty well themselves, and it looks like they could be in for a decent season as well if they can keep things going. Yeah, hopefully, yeah, right. And don't know will they make that push on the playoffs like they did last season, but you never know. Bit of luck, who knows? Then we move on to a game of two teams who were really in trouble: Derby and Huddersfield. One-one again here. Uh, yeah, Derby in an absolute mess under a transfer embargo. Have going to have to rely on free transfers. Yeah, they're getting. Uh, not even sure. They're getting a few players off Man United on loan. Yeah, a couple of loan players. Huddersfield under Corboran have been hit by COVID this week. Even him, I think, was missing. 
Yeah. Not a classic. No. And the goals. No. <laughs> the Derby goal was comical. Comical. Curtis Davis was, I wrote down from close range, but he really was. Yeah. How, how we got through everybody to him, I don't know. But it did. And what is he, 36? Yeah, only signed for Derby the other day. Only signed the day before or something, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, tucks that home. Nabi Sarr, very nice finish to give the away side a point. Yeah. And uh, Derby had a very young bench. They brought on a couple of the youngsters. Huddersfield probably had the better chances to win it. Yeah. Um, but again, Huddersfield missing a few players. And Derby at home couldn't beat them. And Huddersfield are a team you reckon are probably maybe not going to get relegated, but they're going to be in that bottom half, you'd imagine. Yeah, you think so, right? Uh, Derby just looking in a lot of trouble. I don't know how Rooney's going to turn it around. Like you said, maybe a few loan players are the way to do it, but yeah, they need something. Yeah. They, that club just needs a lift. There's a rumour that the, the Rory Delap's son is joining him, Liam, Liam Delap. Yeah. But I think he came through the Derby youth ranks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, Rory Delap would have been uh, well-known at Derby. So Stayed there for maybe quite a while. he might help the midfield a bit and the other hands. He's trying to bring back that young centre back from Man United again that he yeah. had last season. Yeah. So it's hard to know. Like, yeah, it's a great point for Derby considering what was going on. When because I actually we were saying they might get hammered. It it was possible. I think they got lucky in who they were playing, and that Huddersfield had players out with COVID. Yeah, and they themselves couldn't feel their strongest side. So they got a little bit lucky that way. But, like you said, Rooney was talk of he was sleeping in the office to try and get some sort of deals done, whatever he could before the season started because they didn't have players. Maybe that was just because his wife kicked him out of the house. We don't know. Yeah. It could also be the case as to why he was sleeping in the office. But, uh, yeah, the club are in a mess and they need something good to happen because they were so full of confidence at the start of last season. You know, yeah. where it looked like they yeah. might be getting new owners. You had Philip Kaku was coming in. He was looking like he was turning them around a little bit. And then everything just went pear-shaped. And they were very lucky to stay up last season. And they're going to need a lot of luck to stay up this season. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I actually think, to be honest, I think they actually go down. I I can't see a way <laughs> out of it for them. Unless they get young fellas in that kind of kick, kick off. They need something because the squad isn't good enough. Players aren't good enough. You can't see them scoring goals. And when and they, they lost, you know, they've lost some of their goal scores. Yeah, they I mean, Blackhorn scored five goals for them last season, which doesn't sound a lot, but they didn't have guys scoring goals last season. Yeah. So, yeah, it's going to be a strange one for Derby this season. I don't think their fans are going to enjoy the season much, as I don't think they enjoyed last season very much either. Yeah. Luton, Peterborough, uh, one of the new teams to come up, the only one the new teams to come up to uh, lose, I believe. So, uh, but Luton, very good. Very hard to beat, we said on Friday. Luton, they really are hard to beat. Yeah. And we talked about, and I think it was you that was saying it, uh, Anya Dima, who they brought in from Wickham. Yeah. You were saying, yeah. great signing for them, especially for the money they paid. What an addition he could be. And he, he proved you right yesterday. Two yeah. assists and goal. Yeah, he was I mean, outstanding at the... Yeah, I, I was caught he would be because like he, well, he was just kicking on at the last 10 games of last season where he was yeah. kind of Wickham's kind of man that was kind of changing games from because Wickham were on some run at the end of the season. They were. I mean, they, they, they are the team that finished, you know, just outside of staying up. Like it was, you know, Derby were just ahead of them. 
Yeah. It was yeah. in Sheffield Wednesday, you know. I think he was a huge part of all that. He was, and he's settled in really quickly to Luton. Yeah. Luton obviously have a good manager as well. Um, they're very hard to beat at home. They were last season. They're going to be again. Yeah. But yeah. one thing they didn't do last season was score three goals in a match. It yeah. just didn't happen. Oh, it was always the one-odd goal. Yeah, so for them to score three in the first game of the season at home and for the new guy to come in and set up two and score one himself, um, great start for him. Yeah. Uh, Adebayo, who we've talked about before, very key to Luton as well. Yeah. He got himself off the mark for the season. And, you know, Luton just, they just really look good. Cornick, of course, got the, the other goal as well, made it 2-0. Yeah. Uh, before that, though, there a couple of talking points. Peter Burrell, Weren't good in the first half. They really weren't. Yeah. One nil to Luton yeah. at half time. It could have been about five or six nil to Luton at half time. It wasn't. Yeah. But then Peterborough possibly could have had a penalty. They feel they should have. Yeah, I think like if that's in any other league, that's given because uh, I could see what he was trying to do. He was kind of trying to move like that, but you know, yeah. it clearly hit his hand. Yeah. I think Fair gives that every day of the week in the Premier League. I think it probably does as well. And that would have made it 1-1 if he'd have took the penalty away. Yeah. Could have been a different yeah. game. Yeah. Then yeah. maybe Luton as well feel aggrieved because there was a lovely ball played through for Adebayo, who was racing clear, and Beavers clearly handled the ball on purpose. Yeah. The ball going through. Should he got a yellow been, card instead of a red card. Yeah, should have been a red card. There was almost a fight here at the sideline, <laughs> the managers. Yeah. Um, yeah, because it, it should have been a red card. He, Definitely stopped the goal-scoring opportunity. Yeah. Um, but he wasn't sent off. But then, a few minutes later, Cornick made it 2-0 to Luton, and the game was kind of over then. But this uh, is kind of a thing as well. We ran about that Peterborough really, really going to struggle. Uh, they will. They will. Uh, yeah, and it's a wake-up call for them, I suppose, in some ways, that you have to show, you know, every week they're going to have to be at their best. Yeah. They can't have an off day in yeah. this division because they could end up losing three, four, five nil every week if yeah. they if they don't show up. And they were very disappointing in the first half. Yeah, really. second half they were a bit better, um, but once they went two nil down, they weren't great again. And I think the manager is gonna really, really have to do something with them confidence wise. Um, it, it's one of those. It's always tough when you come up, and we'll move on to Hull in the next game. Do you keep playing the way you were playing? last season or do you kind of change the way you play to try and survive and I think the teams sometimes that just keep playing the way they play without fear tend to do better doesn't always work out that way yeah uh, rarely works out that way in the Premier League to be honest teams that come up and play that way do, did for Leeds when they came up and did it you know it's worked for Leeds when they did it it worked for Coventry last season in the championship they didn't change their style of play and they were the one team to stay up with yeah. a run around with them both going down. Yeah. And uh, yeah. we'll see in a second with Hull. Hull just kept going the way they were going. And they got a great result. My dad, it? when we were watching this, and he was like pressing our atrocious. Yeah. So we may as well talk about it when we're there. They, we talked about them on Friday. And I think it was you were saying, Preston are the kind of team. It wouldn't surprise you if they were in the top six. But it also wouldn't surprise you if they were in the bottom six. Exactly, yeah. Like yesterday was a shambles, and like watching the goals, especially the last one. It was yeah. by school by Sunday League kind of defending. Like, <laughs> it was awful. Yeah, it was awful. And on Friday we were talking about Preston, and we were we were listing out. I mean, 
the forwards they have at the club. Um, Jakobsen, who got their goal yesterday, I mean, they have him, they've got Evans, they've got, still have Shawnee Maguire there. And they brought in Is he injured, by the way, Shawnee? Uh, I have no idea. He wasn't even on the bench yesterday. Yeah, but they've got about six strikers at the club at the moment, and none of them can score goals. Yeah, like Barkhausen is usually pretty decent for goals. Barkhausen is, but he hasn't scored a lot in the last, I don't know, 15 games or so for them. Yeah, like the thing is, like, yeah. does this manager now get sacked in two months' time? Well, that's it. I mean, he had a great end to last season, didn't he? Get like 17 points out of what he whatever kind of was out of 24 or something like that. Yeah, he was about 12 yeah. in the league. Yeah, he yeah. get like 17 points out of 24 available or something like that at the end of the season. Something, yeah. something crazy run like that. Um, Preston, though, uh, I suppose we just uh, briefly recap the game somewhat. Jacobson gave them uh, the lead. Um, you know, Preston started pretty well. Yeah. And then, you know, poor finishing from them and awful defending, like you said, really cost them. So Jacobson gave them the lead. Potter leveled the scores after being set up by Smallwood and Smallwood himself got a goal. Yeah. Preston had a few chances. Barkhausen's been struggling, went close a few times. And then uh, McGuinness, who um, got 18 for uh, Hull last season when they went up. Got off the mark this season. Really good young Northern Irish player. And uh, Cannon, who they just brought in from Rochdale, also got off the mark uh, to make it 4-1. But if we go to Preston first before we go to Hull, uh, Preston, 23 home league games last season. They lost 11 of them. Yeah. They, they, yeah. Can't, they can't do that again this year. Nope. Because they're no. not going to be as good away from home as they were last year. I don't think so. And the thing is, they're again lacking. I know we said they have so many forwards, but none of them can score, and they're just a big, big trouble. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's. I don't know. The manager, something seemed to click with him at the end of last season, and it, it already they seem to have lost it. And I don't yeah. know what it is. <laughs> like a and first game in front of your fans, losing four-one. Yeah, to a team that just came up. It's not like they lost four-one to Fulham or four-one yeah, to exactly. Bournemouth or four-one. Sheffield United, they lost 4-1 to a team that just came up from League and One. The thing is, like, they, they didn't look good either. No. And like you said, the defending was awful. I mean, the goals oh. they gave away were terrible. Um, a lot of work to do for the Preston manager for McAvoy to do to get them up and running again. And like you said, but with Preston, you don't know if they could go out next weekend and win 6-0. That's the thing. Like, they, they, that's just the way they are. And that, they can't like, keep having seasons like that. If they're having a bad season after bad season, how long more can you keep hold of like Adam Brown? You know what I mean? Yeah, 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 exactly. I mean, some of their better players are going to want to leave uh, if they're up and down all the time. Uh, as for Hull, though, they had a lot of goals last season. Yeah, they're like, they weren't they like the highest goal scoring team? Highest in? or second highest or something. I think yeah. they might have been one goal behind Peterborough. Um, but they, like we said with Coventry last season, they just played the way they played last season. And a 4 yep. 1 win. And uh, yeah, what a start for them. Dream start for them away from home. Brilliant, yeah. So, like, and they're then, a team now, Holler, cause, because they have history of uh, being in the Premier League. This could, yeah. actually, this could actually be a spark off point where they might actually stay in the top half. It could do. It could do. And they certainly seem to have players who can score goals, which is, we always say, if you can score goals in this league, you have a chance. Yeah. Uh, because, you know, so few teams have that top goal scorer. That's it. Uh, QPR Millwall, London Derby. Uh, good game, this one as well. Yeah, I Two, really actually like this game. This is a really good game. 
unbelievable goals. Jed Wallace, who Millwall really have to hang on to. Um, does he have left a year or something left on his contract? I think he's a year left on his contract, but if he doesn't sign a new deal, odds are he's going to leave before the window closes. So yeah, yeah. he's someone they really have to hang on to. Yeah. Um, an unbelievable goal from him. But yeah. then Dickey for QPR said, hang on a minute, and he scored probably an even better goal. Yeah, he was, he was about 40 yards out, it looked like. Yeah, it was unbelievable. Um, Millwall haven't won at QPR in 32 years. Yeah. Uh, so it's not a surprise that they didn't win yesterday. But both teams, yeah, they are draw specialists. And what a way, you know, you know, if 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 you need a draw on your on your pools docket or whatever it may be, Millwall <laughs> are usually a good bet. The minute I do that, the minute I do that, they lose. Was it 15 or 16 draws last season? Yeah, it's insane. It was something crazy like that. Eight of those uh, got them into the playoffs. I'd say if they got eight swings. Yeah. yeah. They weren't far off the playoffs. Oh, I they mean, were they made like, a run in it. Were they like 10 points or something? Something like that. I mean, they weren't that far off it. Both teams had chances. Smith, uh, who obviously used to play for QPR, had yeah. a good chance for Millwall. He didn't take it. Willow kind of grew into the game the second half. Yeah. There was a lovely moment where he kind of beat a man, cut inside, his shot went just wide. Yeah. Um, Austin had a chance. A really, really good entertaining game. Yeah, for um, a lot of chances. It was really good. I really, really Yeah. Good. Very good. And like you said, um, like we said, Millwall, if they hadn't drawn so many games last season, they probably would have pushed for the playoffs. Yeah. And QPR, I think you were saying it as well on Friday. They had like the third best record in the league since Christmas or something. Yeah, like from the new year yeah. onwards, they were like yeah. they were promotion oh. challengers. Yeah, I think it was only like Norwich and Watford had better records or something like that. Yeah, but you we you said as well that they do this every year. They kind of kick on. They do the second half of the season. They seem to do well. So if they can start the season well, and the players they brought in last year, kind of halfway through, the likes of Willock who. Seems to be settled at QPR. And Charlie Austin well for them. and a few others, yeah. You know, Austin, who loves QPR, obviously. And your guy, well, like you said. from Scotland as well. Yeah, Dykesland and Dykes as well, Scottish. You know, they've got good players at QPR. And Millwall as well. Millwall looks solid at the back. And they don't really have that goal scorer. No. Which is what they need to probably turn some of those draws. But Fadl, who was playing yesterday, it's great for them to have him yeah. at the club again. And um. Yeah, he he could do really well for them. Yeah, but uh, yeah, if if Millwall can bring in a striker, who knows? That's it. Uh, then again, Stoke three, Reading two. This seems to be the way with Stoke. I think I said it would be one 0 to Stoke, and that seems to be the way it is when Stoke play. It's either one 0 to Stoke or there's like six seven or four three or three two as it was here. There's either no goals in a Stoke match or loads of goals. Yeah. There never seems to be a two one. Or a one-all or whatever it is. It just seems to be one or the other. Yeah, this um, actually wasn't a great game. No, the, there wasn't a whole lot of clean-cut chances. Yeah. Um, Could have gone either way, really. But you had a mad few minutes halfway through the first half. Yeah, about 20. Where uh, Paul, very good last season. Yeah. Yeah, like Paul got a goal. Yeah. First goal on, like, I don't know what it was. It was like 24 minutes or something, 23 yeah. minutes. And then, like a minute later or something, Swift got an equaliser for Reading. And then, like two minutes later, Jacob Brown hit a shot that, for some reason, the Reading goalkeeper decided to jump over. Yeah, yeah. And it was two-one Stoke. 
And that was all in the space of like three or four minutes. Yeah. And uh, obviously, they, you know, went to half time. Moore made it 2 2. Game could have gone either way. And then Sam Surridge, who um, off the bench for his debut, scored about 10 minutes after coming on. And we talked about him. Didn't have the best of times at Bournemouth. No. But when he went on loan to the lower leagues, he was always very good. Yeah. So he could be a big pickup for Stoke. Yeah. And he has the ability to score goals. Yeah, he needs so, to run a game. Like, he can't be left out. I think he's the kind of player where he's really good if he's playing consistently. Yeah. And again, Stoke of a good manager. Maybe we'll get the best out of him. And you wouldn't be surprised to see him get 10 goals this season. But he's it's yeah. impossible. And that's something, if Stoke can get a goal scorer, they're usually solid at the back. I know they left in two here yesterday, but usually they're pretty decent. What we were talking as well about Reading, like, they just proved our point that they're not going to be high. I don't think they're going to be high up at all this season. No, I mean, like we said on Friday, it was their start last season where they went, I don't know what, like eight out of 10 wins or nine out of 11 or went on a mad run up until that first international break. And then they continued it after the international break. And I think there were something like eight points clear at one stage of the season. And, you know, then four games or five games to go, they dropped out the playoffs and never came back into them again. And so they'll be disappointed at that last season. Uh, We also talked on Friday, they've lost two big players from their squad. And, uh, yeah, to lose the first game of the season like this as well, and for their goalkeeper to make such a mistake for one of the Stoke goals. You know, it's going to hit them hard. So, yeah, I think Reading are going to struggle to have as good a season. But I, I don't think they're going to go down or anything. I just no, no, don't no. I just don't think they're going to be pushing for the playoffs like they were last season. Yeah. 100%. I mean, yeah. they're on a bad run of form if you take it into last season as well. Yeah. The thing is, so, like, if this continues, the manager could be gone in October. I mean, I, don't, I wouldn't like to see it, but it could easily happen where... They, could, absolutely. Uh, we move on so to last night's game, Sheffield United Birmingham. Big win for Birmingham. This one one nil. Um, Colin got the goal after 19 minutes. I think he had another goal disallowed at some stage as well. Yeah. Um, Hogan had a great chance to make it two nil, and somehow fired over from close range. Yeah. Uh, Chong, who you know all about at United, was man of the match yesterday. He played was, really, really. He well. was outstanding from what I from watching it. Yeah, he's. But the thing he's is, he was really always very energetic. He was energy. He just didn't yeah. get a chance at United because of the big names. And yeah. it's one of those, isn't it, where there's a few players like that that have gone on loan this season from Premier League teams who are around, like he's 20, I think, who are around that 19, 20, 21, 22, that age, yeah. where it's big for them this season to show what they can do. Yeah. Because if he goes and has a good season at Birmingham, I'm not saying he's going to go back to United and walk into the United team, yeah. but he might well go to another Premier League club. Yeah, exactly. And the thing is, what I like about it is that he's in England, whereas last season, I think he was actually, he started off at Werder Bremen or something, and then he went somewhere yeah. else. He was on loan at two clubs in the same season. And he's, a good, he's played for the Dutch national team all the way up underage. He hasn't made the step up to the, the full team yet, but he is only 20. Yeah. And if he keeps playing like that, who knows? Maybe United will decide they do want to give him a chance next season. Yeah. Or but the problem say, is, like, he's very similar to Daniel James. Yeah. And it could be one of those where United, you know, he has a good season at Birmingham. Birmingham, if they have got the money, maybe they'll splash out 10, 12 million on him, whatever yeah. United wants. Yeah. You don't know. So we'll, we'll wait and see with that one. 
Sheffield that, United. They didn't look great. Not great. I don't think they'll be overly worried though. No, they no. played well enough. Probably deserved something out of the game. Yeah, they hit um, the post and they about a minute after they scored. Yeah, and neither team had great chances. We talked about the Hogan miss and Collins' goal was disallowed. Ali Burke. Uh, oh, sorry. Yeah, yeah. And I think there was another shot that went just wide as well. Yeah. And the goal looked dangerous as he always does when he has it, but the end product isn't always there. Yeah. Um, he drops so deep sometimes as well. I say he drives the manager mental, but yeah. he is so good on the ball. That's it. But, yeah, it's it's one of those where I don't think Sheffield United will be too worried. But, I mean, if they do lose Berg and if they do lose Ramsdale and they don't replace them, then suddenly their squad isn't looking as good as it was. Uh, it's 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 going to be interesting. I think Sheffield United are going to be one of those teams that will want the transfer window to be over so that they know what squad they have. Yeah, exactly. It must be tough for the manager to be like playing Berg yesterday um, and having them keep out in midfield and not knowing is he going to be there next week or the week after. You know, you need to know these things. Exactly. Exactly. So games today then as well. There's two matches today. Fulham won, Middlesbrough won. Um, don't know how Fulham didn't win this game. Like I think I messaged Harry Wilson was outstanding today. Very, very good. Um, I think I messaged you with one of the, the best bits of, uh, from the weekend that I enjoyed anyway. The game was about 10 seconds old when Mitrovic elbowed someone in the face. Um, so he, he's back with a bang anyway, Mitrovic, who obviously scored loads of goals the season before last when yeah. Fulham went up to the top scorer in the league. But about 10, 15 seconds into this match, he was booked for elbowing someone in the face. So uh, he hasn't changed much anyway. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it's interesting. Wilson signed for 12 million, a lot of money. Yeah. For a team like Fulham to be spending on someone, yeah, um, gave them the lead on his debut was really, really good. Fulham had so many chances. I have no idea how they weren't five, six nil up. Yeah, um, but Middlesbrough, to their credit, were well organised. They didn't give, you know, an inch really. They defended really, really well. Very well organised, as you'd imagine, given that their manager is, I think, it was his forty-second season as a manager this season. Which is uh, which is some going. When I think I'm, I turned forty-one in June. I've been managing longer than I've been alive. Yeah. So uh, <laughs> that that's kind of crazy to think about. Yes. But there you go. So he obviously is well able to organise a team. And I thought their goal was pretty decent. Bola yeah. with the wasn't a bad goal. Managed to grab one for them with their only shot on target, and they escape with a point. And Fulham, it's kind of a welcome back to the championship because this is exactly. We talked about it earlier with Bristol City. If you don't score the second goal, you're always likely to concede one. That's it. And, and again, the other the other team could just be like no shots at goal and it's one shot like what happened here. Sucker yeah, fans. and that's it. It's a goal. Um, draw, so. Yeah. So I think both teams pretty happy. I think Burrell will be happy with how they defended. I think they'll be obviously happy that they escaped to the point. Yep. I think Fulham won't be happy with the result. But they'll be delighted with how they played and the way they dominated the game. And, yep. you know, things will click for them. And you they're going to get better, yeah. They're going to get better. You expect they're going to be in the top three at least this season. Yeah. Well, I mean, they have a great squad of players. Yeah. You know, very, very similar to what Norwich had last season. They they haven't lost anyone. And they've added the likes of Harry Wilson. So, yeah, you exactly. expect them will have a good season. I think so, yeah. 
And then the afternoon game slash evening game, I think it was, it was at about a half four kickoff or something like that. Uh, Coventry and Nottingham Forest. Uh, wonderful comeback from Coventry. Uh, who again played like they did last season, real intention going forward. Forest, to be fair, deserved the lead. Taylor, lovely flowing move. Really nice move yeah. for the Forest goal. Um, Coventry, though, came out in the second half and just went for it, playing into their fans. Uh, lovely, unbelievable again. And like, if Stephen Kenny at Ireland isn't calling him every day of the week to yeah. say, look, come and play for Ireland, and then I don't know what he's doing because he's unbelievable. Yeah. And great skill. I mean, he absolutely just sold two players with one move. Um, his cross wasn't great, kind of got deflected back a bit. And Goyakers, who we talked about, has come in permanently after being on loan last season. Three goals in 19 games when on loan last season. And uh, now one in one since he joined them permanently to make a 1-1. And then McFadden, six minutes into stoppage time, free kick comes in. Absolute mess in the box. Ball bounced around a bit. Keeper saved one shot. It ends up back at McFadden and he hits a shot that really Samba should have done better with in goal. Yeah, yeah. Um, just creeps over the line. Six minutes into stoppage time in front of the Coventry fans. Place goes absolutely mental. Coventry come back and win. And you love endings like that. When, you know, a team, a home team gets a winner and the crowd in the last minute of stoppage time and the crowd goes mental. But especially you love it when it's Coventry. Because it was their first game back at their own stadium where they haven't played in a number of years. Their fans were back. And it was just wonderful, like atmosphere in the place. And the place just went berserk. And it's a sign that Coventry are back as the club that we all knew growing up because they were always a Premier League team when we were growing up, always in the first division. They had one of the longest runs, I think, at the time they were in the first division. I think it was them and Arsenal. I think Arsenal were the longest run without relegation and Coventry were the second longest. Yeah, They've always been a big enough team Obviously, winning was it the FA Cup in eighty? Was it eighty seven? They won the FA Cup. Yeah, and um, they've just gone through a horrible few years with no home ground and travelling around and playing their home games in Birmingham last year. And now to have be back in Coventry, playing in Coventry in front of their fans, what a game! It's unbelievable, and it's the best moment I've seen in a long while because, as you said, like just that buzz of the goal going in and the energy and the, the whole place just erupted. It was crazy, and it's yeah. It was basically the last kick of the game. I think the ref let them centre and stayed on for about four seconds. But it was it was unbelievable. Yeah. Um. Yeah, and you know, Coventry could have a good season. I think, you know, Forest as well. I think Forest will feel a bit hard done by, but they can't complain too much because Coventry were the better team second half. Yeah, exactly. Maybe Forest will feel they could have been two up at half time, but they weren't. Yeah. Uh, I think both these teams are going to finish relatively similar, though. I think, you know, they could be in that kind of 8th to 14th kind of grouping. I don't think either of them are going to really push for the playoffs too hard, but I don't think either of them are going to be down in the relegation fight either. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, yeah. I think for Coventry, that would be that would be great in their second season up. If they could do kind of what Luton did last season yeah. and finish in around, you know, 10th, 11th, 12th around there. That would be a, a good season, I think, for Coventry. And Forest as well, I think, if they could finish similar 10th, 11th, 12th, wouldn't be a bad year for them and then build on that for next season. 
the great weekend all over, all all through. Great weekend all over, yeah. Um, I suppose a bit early in the day to be to be doing it. We're not going to look ahead to the game next week because we might have a preview show next week. Yeah. But as we always do, is there a favourite goal yours for the weekend? Uh, probably QPR. Yeah, I I'd be the same. I yeah. I think it was a wonderful strike from Dickie. You can pick uh, either way, either or. Yeah, um, the player, is there a player who stood up for you? Harry Wilson, or else uh, Retterton. He was quite good as well. Yeah, I think both of them. Very, 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 very good players. Yeah. Um, yeah, it'd be hard to describe that. Maybe Onyedima at Luton as well, who got his goal yeah. and his two assists. Yeah. Wonderful. So, I suppose between the three of them. Um, the best team performance of the week? Probably Hull, to be fair. Yeah, we're one away in there. Like it's a toss-up really between Hull and Luton. Um, but yeah. I suppose Luton at home playing against a team that just came up, and yeah. Hull away from home being a team that just came up. Yeah. I'd agree. I think you'd have to give it to Hull. But the West Brom game is also a special mention because it was the first game, and it first game, and it was just yeah. full of energy, and the crowd were up for it. It was electric. It was just great as well. Yeah, it was a great open to the season, and it it was just showing off the championship in a great light. Yeah, for uh, because it is a well-watched league across Europe, and uh, hopefully people listening and enjoy us talking about it as well. And I suppose the last thing is: was there any shocks of the week? I suppose the Hull game again. The Hull game, and also, uh, what was the other one? Derby not getting hammered. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think Derby got lucky, but yeah, I think Hull. Not that Hull can't be pressed in the way, but I think four-one. And I suppose Birmingham as well winning is another. Kind of, it was a bit one way to Sheffield United, yeah, but we, we kind of had a feeling Birmingham would do well this season, yeah. uh, given who's in charge of the club and uh, how good a manager he is. Yeah. So we are going to leave it there. Uh, that was a look back on the first weekends of action. We'll be back during the week sometime, usually around Thursday, Friday, around there, to look ahead to the weekend's fixtures. Um, no midweek games yet. It takes a few weeks before that kicks off in the championship. So uh, thanks everyone for listening and we will talk to you again next week. Cheers.